is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have waiting for you on the site. We give them all away, so enjoy. You can actually create the content on the site. Everything you see as you scroll down the front page, those numbered items are submitted by listeners like you. So if you find something online you think is interesting, you think that our listeners would appreciate hearing about, you can submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. It will then appear on the upcoming stories page where it awaits a certain number of votes in order to be promoted, as it's called, to the front page of the site. So go to freetalklive.com, get interactive there. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. All right. So, of course, we will take your calls about anything here. And lots of stuff in the news to talk about. I've got so much that there's no way we're going to be able to fit it all in. Uh, But there was a lot of, I guess, social media swirling around one story a few days ago. Uh, Maybe the two of you saw it. It was about the homeless guy in, I believe it was New York City, uh, where a police officer was so kind to this homeless man as to buy a a fancy pair of boots, winter boots of some sort, for Mm -hmm. the homeless man and helped uh, put them on his feet, I guess, or gave them to him outside of whatever storefront he was sitting out of. Uh, sitting out front of. Did y'all hear about this I story? did hear about sure. this. Yeah. So it, it was pretty heavy on the social media penetration. I yeah, mean, it was this nice. Was, this was getting shared everywhere. I mean, oh, it's Would the holiday season. It, it's, a, it's a generous, good cop. Right. This cop actually not, you know, bashing the homeless person's head against the pavement and, you know, trying to clean him up off the streets, but actually caring enough to give him some nice clothing. Great holiday season, warm the heart kind of story. Well, it turns out that there's a little bit more going on uh, that wasn't necessarily too clear uh, from the first story with this so-called homeless person. What's your source? Salon.com. Okay. And then also MSN News. All right. Salon.com. Where'd you get the story? Did it come from freetalklive.com? I don't know. I I don't know if I made a note. I don't think I made a note about that if it did. So sometimes I get stories without knowing they're at freetalklive.com or I'll get it before I see it there or whatever. Anyway, uh, the homeless man, according to in fact, in fact, I'm pretty sure I saw this on Facebook. I think it was Adam Kokesh uh, is where I got this one. As Salon reported last week, uh, the image of NYPD officer Larry DePrimo giving a pair of new boots to a homeless man in Times Square became an online sensation when they posted that being the NYPD posted the tourist photo to Facebook. The reality of how the story played out, however, further illustrates that one heartwarming picture can offer a misleading narrative about the challenges of homelessness in New York. The New York Times found the homeless man in the picture, identifying him as Jeffrey Hillman, wandering in Manhattan Sunday night, once again barefoot. What do you think he did with the shoes? Sold them? That's right. He told the paper when asked about the boots that he'd been gifted, because, you know, it is cold out there in New York City in the nighttime. It's getting kind of chilly up here in New England, and New York's not that much warmer. Uh, But he decided he would rather go without those nice uh, pair of boots gifted to him by that police officer, because, as he explained, they're worth a lot of money. He also noted that despite being grateful for DePrimo's gift, he wanted a piece of the pie with regards to his internet fame as his image was posted without his permission. So what's that have to do with a piece of the pie? What's that have to do with the boots? Oh, nothing. I sold the boots because I wanted a piece of the pie? No, 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 no. That was completely separate. I think he's speaking metaphorically. He sold the boots for immediate cash and is now upset that his photo has been posted online without his permission and would like to get some money out of that. I bet he would. Right. So that's a quick update there. But now It's called a pair of boots. Right. He wants uh, some sort of, I guess, uh, intellectual property payment. 
You know, likeness like, rights. Yeah, likeness. Yeah. So, uh, but that's not all. There's more from MSN News that reports that the barefoot homeless man who received the boots from the NYPD actually isn't homeless, according to a report by the New York Daily News. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The man, Jeffrey Hillman, has an apartment in the Bronx paid for through a combination of... Taxpayer money. That's right. Federal Section 8 rent, uh, rent vouchers and Social Security, disability, and veterans benefits, officials told the paper... Hillman has continued to panhandle on the streets, however, and reportedly has a history of refusing help from family and the government. Now, well, he doesn't apparently need any help. He's got an apartment. Yeah, and uh, and he is. I don't know why it says he has a history of refusing help from the government. He's clearly getting help from the government. They're paying for his apartment, so tax dollars are paying for this man to give him a place to live, so he can go home any old time he wants to and warm his little footsies in his bathtub that he probably has or his shower. Uh, and so he has a place to live at the taxpayers' uh, benefit, or you know, at their behest. And now he's being given things on the street because people believe he's homeless. You know, he he appears as though he's homeless. <laughs> right. You're walking around barefoot in what appear to be clam diggers. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you don't in the winter in December in, uh, or at least November in New York City, and people are going to go ahead right off the bat and assume homeless. Now I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what it takes to get Section 8 uh, rent vouchers, but I know that in some welfare programs, if you're working, they'll pull the welfare from you. So it makes sense from a perspective of being a mooch that you would want to not work anywhere over, you know, above the table. Above the table. You, you wouldn't want to have a legit job. So begging is a, a nice, you know, below the table kind of cash job. Well, this, this guy sounds mentally ill, though. I mean, and it's hard for I, mentally I don't know. Ill I haven't. I haven't. Done, have you seen a video with him or something? He's or? wandering around New York City with no shoes on. He traded a pair of boots for, what, $25 or I, something? Yeah, I don't know what, how nice they, the boots were. They didn't were, give but. him retail. Yeah, he I probably mean, went to a pawn shop. Did you and see them. the feet that he had? I wouldn't have given him retail after I thought looked at his feet and said, "Those have been <laughs> in those boots." Twenty five bucks tops. I don't know if he's mentally ill or not, but I just think it's interesting that uh, the story has panned out in this way. It turns out the homeless guy wasn't actually, in point of fact, homeless, and uh, you know he can clearly take care of himself to some extent. He's got a house to go to. Well, I think that uh, he looked homeless, and I think that, uh, you know, the now I didn't know that the New York City Police Department promoted this situation. I thought that somebody caught it on film kind of uh, kind of thing, but... Apparently they did, and then gave the picture to the New York Police Department, okay. who, then, who, who then hooted it out. All right. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, doing a little self-promotion with a video like that. If this guy did it for the purpose of trying to help a man that he thought was homeless, I think that the officer, uh, you know, it shows the kind-heartedness. I think most people were touched by the kind-heartedness, not necessarily by what this actually did for this individual, because I hope that people understand that problems of mental illness and homelessness run far deeper than buying a pair of shoes for everybody in the country. But not everybody who's homeless is mentally ill. I mean, some people choose to be homeless. Indeed. And some people choose a lifestyle like he's choosing, where he appears to be homeless, but is just using that to, you know, mooch money from people so he can live in his government-paid-for apartment. I, I wouldn't doubt that for a second. I know, I know it's true. I know that some people are, you know, just choose not choose not to work. But ultimately, the lesson here is that uh, you shouldn't buy brand new boots for homeless people because they're going to take it and pawn it. Likely, I thought, I thought that was like a foregone conclusion. Anyway, well, as this strikes me as is this really news? Well, hold I mean, on, Skechers, uh, Skechers uh, offered them to him at wholesale 
because of what he was doing um, as p- part of this story um, that maybe you're not you're not privy to in here. So um, and also it's proximity. If I mean, it's not like the officer was walking around with a pair of boots in his hand and mm-hmm. saying, you know, which homeless guy can I give these to? He somehow he was touched by this guy, decided that he would go to a nearby shoe store, yeah. get a pair of shoes. He said he was buying it for the homeless guy. Uh, the manager steps in and says, OK. We're going to give these to you at uh, the lowest rate we can give them to you at. And then they did, and then they gave them to us. So for that purpose, I think that it's a, it's a good idea if you're going to do something, you know, at, at the moment to be able to do something rather than waiting to do uh, the, the best thing. I see where you're coming from. But ultimately, a lot of homeless people are the way they are because of their habits. And uh, they have you know, gotten themselves into that situation yep. by snorting all of the money that they earn every month or smoking it or drinking it. Or it's just more profitable. When I went down to New Orleans pre-Katrina, uh, we were warned as tourists about panhandlers who made made very good livings for themselves mm-hmm. going out and doing um, street mock street performances or whatever. And I I don't see a lot of panhandling. I don't consider in, that panhandling. In New, New Hampshire, I certainly see it down in Massachusetts, in Boston, and the area around Boston much more when I'm when I'm down there. Than I don't I consider there. street performers to be panhandlers. I mean, those people are providing a service that's valuable to people. They're entertaining you. A panhandler is somebody that comes up to you when you're walking out of Walmart or the grocery store and tries to hit you up for change. Hey, brother, got a dime? A huge difference there. A the dime? <laughs> I was given one a dollar, and they said, hey, can't you give me ten? <laughs> 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your experience with uh, giving homeless people money versus, like, buying them a sandwich. Coming up. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Talk live. Dial in toll free. Bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us online. Do head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you'll find on the site. They are free. And the features include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. bbs.freetalklive.com will take you there. Uh, It is our forum and it's free like the rest of the website. bbs.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. you got to get together with other people that think as you do. People that understand what freedom means. That in order to live free, you have to allow others to live their lives how they want to. Even if they're living their lives in a way that you would disagree with. And also, of course, chances good they are. Freedom means you should be free to live your life how you want, so long as you don't harm anyone else. If you like all those ideas and you're willing to actually do something about it, then go to freestateproject.org, learn more about the Free State Project, get signed up, and get on up here to New Hampshire sooner rather than later. We've already got 1,100-plus people here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We want to get to 20,000. We've got over 13,000 people that have pledged to move, and you can join their ranks at freestateproject.org. Again, freestateproject.org. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. We'll talk to Butt Leakage calling from Indiana, listening to LRN.FM. Hello there. Yes, sir. Hello, Mr. Leakage. Go ahead. Hi. um, I listened to the Mr. Tackpan's interview um, today, and 
I have to tell you guys to, um, uh, it seems like you're very interested in this, Ian, but, um, uh, gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Mr. Anyway, uh, go to, yeah, go to YouTube and search Marco Roden's Vortex Space Math. Now, okay, hold on. I, Marco? Marco Roden. Rodent? Yeah, R-O-D-I-N. Roden, okay. Vortex dash based math. Based math. Okay, and what will one find if one does that? All right, um, it's very hard to explain. It's sort of like what Mr. Tacpan is talking about. And um, also, like, I've, I've also read the uh, Gene Ray's um, Time Cube site. You mean like, one will find a crazy man uh, talking into a camera no. on YouTube? No, this guy is not on lithium, or it doesn't appear to be. And he's teaching, like, a class. He's kind of hippie-ish. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I have a hard time explaining it, but... Um, you recommend the viewing. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Will I we say. be entertained? That's the question. Will we be entertained? Uh, okay, there's 44 10-minute videos. Mm, okay, okay, so maybe by like video two, it'll start to he he starts to make connections. <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, it's kind of weird. Uh, I, I study electromagnetics and uh, induction coils is an electronic component and. Um, this is used to make an induction coil, but this induction coil, like, I don't see any purpose for it. It, it doesn't doesn't do anything. Um, so it's kind of, the math makes sense, but then again, it, it doesn't. It's very simple, but like I say, it's, you got, that's, I just, Marco Roden's Vortex-based math on YouTube. Okay. Well, thanks for the recommendation. Uh, th- anything else you want to comment on? Uh, just, do it to it, and uh, I like um, the print callers. I I do like them, and the younger. What on and, earth do you like about them? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it, 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 I think it's good for the show. You Why know? would you think and, that? We've already had people um, tell us it's uh, it's upsetting to uh, to hear them. So, why would you well, say it's good? I mean, I, I, What's the I value? Like it. I like it. I, it's amusing. Is it really? I don't find it amusing at all. What's so funny about it? Okay, it's not creative. I, I mean, they just get on the air and they say some, in a lot of cases, they'll say something complimentary to make it, you know, for whatever reason, because they think they're fooling us into thinking that uh, they like us. And then they'll just drop the F-bomb or say something else. Right. I um, I think it's because, I don't want to sound insulting, but I think it's because it annoys the host. Hmm. You know, it kind of gets under their skin. I don't know, just. That is the purpose of a crank to some extent. So there's an appeal in ticking off the guy with the dump button? Is this what you're trying to say? Honestly, another good thing about Free Talk Live is the dump button. Ian hangs up on people so fast. And, (laughs) I mean, it's another good part of the show. And I'm just saying it's amusing. I I don't know. Doesn't bother him. I always thought the purpose of a crank was to get your crank out on the air so people could hear it. Uh, You know, upset the hosts? Okay. I mean, it's not like I feel any differently toward them than I have uh, toward any other crank, bad crank or uh, crank caller. But I can see where you're coming from, and I can see if that was their goal. Then I suppose you know it does frustrate me a little bit when someone is you know wasting airtime with nonsense as opposed to actually having a conversation. And the frustration is because I can you know I don't want people to leave the show. I don't you know apparently you like it. Uh, Mr. Leakage, yeah. but uh, you know, I don't want the average listener who is um, annoyed by a call like that 
to tune out because of them. So I guess that would be where my, you know, personally, I'm not upset by someone saying the F-bomb. Like, that's not what bugs me, right? right? So uh, anyway, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. Greg's in Cincinnati. You're listening on Free Talk Live. And by the way, the uh, crankers seem to come and go like they had they haven't called. They did not call last night uh, unless they were screened out. I don't believe they were because our board op probably would have told us uh, if, if he had screened them out. So I don't know. Maybe they've gone off on, into their off cycle uh, at this point. Anyway, Greg, go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, guys. Uh, so I saw an interesting YouTube video that was a challenge to uh, a liberty, uh, you know, a liberty philosophy, more specifically the non-aggression principle, and I wanted to get your thoughts. I had my own thoughts, but I want to share this specific situation. Um, this person, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't save the, the link, unfortunately, I only had a few views, but he said, um, hypothetical situation, uh, there was some sort of baby that was in trouble, you know, sliding down some sort of ramp or something. It was imminent trouble, and the only way you could get to them is to shove someone aside. Um, that would be a violation of the non-aggression principle, and therefore, it's flat-out valid from top to bottom. Uh, I thought that was pretty clever. Hold on, just uh, one second. One is a second. It's um, you had to shove somebody out of the way, and then that's a violation of the non-aggression principle. And so, therefore, what? Uh, and therefore, we have to reject the non-aggression principle. Okay. Um, so I had some some specific thoughts on this. I wanted to get your initial reaction. I mean, sure. I think he I think he set up something that was probably a little more, uh, something along the lines of, this is an imminent doom, you know the baby's going to die, and you yeah. know that the person will, will probably be hurt pretty bad when you shove them. Of course, you don't know that. You can't see into the future. Uh, but what's your initial response to something like that? As vague as it would be. Well, I think that uh, you know one gets a good feeling from saving dying children if one has the opportunity. I certainly get that feeling. Don't you think that that would make you feel pretty good? Yeah. Like it'd make you feel like a hero. And you might even tell some people about it so that you could even feel more heroic as you told them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's worth something. Good feelings are worth something. People pay a lot of money for good feelings. Um, sure, if uh, somebody's upset that I shove them out of the way, um, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to take that chance and I'm willing to compensate them for whatever way I hurt them. Hopefully, they will understand that um, you know that these kind of sacrifices need to be made. And look, we have a whole child to show for it. But maybe they want some kind of compensation. I'd certainly be happy to give it to them. Stand by, Greg. We can bring you back here in a moment. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is like a variant on the, what if you're in front of a speeding bus and I shoved you to save your life. Yeah, the, the railroad switch. But break your ribs uh, while I shoved you or something like that. Uh, this is interesting because it brings in another person. It'd be a great mix. news story, More too. coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in and bring up anything you want at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on our site, so you may enjoy them 
over at freetalklive.com. Plus, you can grab the mobile site on your smartphone, M, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. And that'll connect you to our live streams to allow you to listen anytime, anywhere. You have a decent data signal. Go to m.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Uh, SACL's owned by a man named Jason Osborne. He's been supporting Free Talk Live for a really long time. So, you know... If you like the ideas of liberty and you've got a business, maybe you should turn over your accounts receivable to SACL CAI. You can see their banner, like I said, at freetalklive.com. We're talking with Greg in Cincinnati about the non-aggression principle. And, Greg, you brought up this situation someone, I guess, shared with you, which they believe invalidates the entirety of the non-aggression principle. And how do we define the non-aggression principle in the first place? Because I don't want to use insider terminology when we've got you know folks listening that may never have heard of this before. Anyone care to take a crack at that? You want me to? Great. Uh, the non-aggression principle means that uh, you cannot use force to – initiation of force to achieve personal or political goals, any kind of goals. It's not okay to initiate force. Exactly. And I think that's an so important don't principle. don't hit threat, punch, or whatever first. Right. I think that's an important principle by which to live. But another important principle uh, that liberty-minded folks live by is – that they take responsibility for their actions. So in the case in which you've described, Greg, and are you back with us? I'm right here. Excellent. In the case in which you described, uh, there was something you know traumatic about to happen to a baby uh, that could have caused the baby's death. You have to push someone out of the way in order to save the baby, which could result in an injury to the person uh, that received the push. And so, therefore, the person you were talking to believes that in that, uh, that situation, it invalidates the uh, non-aggression principle. And you'd ask for our initial responses, and Mark kind of gave you his. So here's mine on this, and then, Nemi, you're welcome to chime in here as well. Um, I think that uh, you know principles are valuable. That's how we should aim to live our lives. But in certain instances, uh, you know, like the one you've described, if you want to save the baby's life, you would have to violate your principle. And as long as you're willing to accept responsibility for your actions, that is, you know, pay restitution to the person you victimized in order to save that child, as Mark suggested he would be willing to do in order to do something like that, then I think you're well within your rights and still you can still live by principle even if you didn't in this one particular moment. I don't think it invalidates the entire principle. Right, and it doesn't it doesn't make you a lifelong – it doesn't subject you to burning in hell if you make one exception – I think it is what yeah. you're you're going toward, Ian, and I'm inclined to agree with that. This is the same philosophical kind of argument. I think the the moral um, argument is to not do anything because if you intervene, you you, um, you while you may prevent the death of the baby, you still initiate force against someone else. But realistically speaking, doesn't everyone want to save the the helpless child? Well, you know. Also, there's problems with intervening too. I mean, let's let's point them out and be realistic. Um, first off, you never know. It's sometimes it's hard to get your feet to move in certain circumstances like that. You're just kind of stuck in place. Uh, you know, like you're shocked and upset. And so I've been really, you know, Johnny on the spot at times and managed to stop people from getting hurt. I've caught them or whatever. And there's other times when it's something's happened right in front of me. I do nothing because I just, you know, my my brain wasn't engaged. Mm-hmm. It was just wasn't ready for something like that to happen. Um, 
Um, also, you can, uh, you, you know, I mean, if the baby's falling and you reach your hand out and attempt to catch them and the, they bounce off your hand and fall down and break their neck, well, who's to say that they wouldn't have broken their neck if you hadn't reached your hand out? So you take a chance when you choose to intervene and you're doing your best. And that's all anybody can ask for you. And I think that motive always, 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 always matters in a crime. So, Greg, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had a thought on this. Uh, there's a reason why it's called the non-aggression principle and not the non-aggression law or non-aggression theory. This isn't science. We're not uh, validating or invalidating things top to bottom according to hypotheses. Uh, and that being said, uh, his example doesn't justify further uh, the example, the situation of, of therefore using force to mandate on a government monopoly of a court to then sort this out. And I think that's ultimately what this comes down to, is do you have a choice in who you are going to go to uh, when you have these sort of situations? And that's really the issue at hand here, I think. It's not the moral um, thing that occurs in that instant. It's how you're able to sort this out according to the non-aggression principle or voluntary interaction. And I think it's important to sort of be wonky about it and sort of stretch it out that way uh, because that not that really sort of the question that we're debating here when it comes to a philosophy of liberty? Isn't what the question? I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I said, isn't, isn't that really the question that we're debating when we're talking about a philosophy of liberty? Uh, who's going to decide in these murky situations uh, who ends up being the one who did aggress? You know, you have the right to take your uh, services elsewhere uh you know, to a private court system and, and, and decide this out according to the consumer. His example here does not justify a monopolized force. No, I can't imagine how... I don't think he was trying to get at that, was oh, he? Yeah, he, he was, was just trying to invalidate think, the non-aggression principle. I think that's what it comes down to, and that's what I'm saying, is that in order for this argument to hold water, you have to then take it one step further and say, okay, do we just not believe in principles at all whatsoever, or are you going to say that this then justifies anything, including uh, the monopoly of courts to sort this out. Or, you know, where does one draw the line? It's sort of like being intentionally vague, and that's the point, is these things are vague, and do you have, the question is, do you have the right to sort this out in a fashion of liberty and not furthering the non-aggression, or furthering aggression uh, through monopolized court systems? And, and, and again, that sounds so, so wonky, and I guess you could say libertarian uh, machoism, uh, but I think it's important to make that distinction further to, to the you know, understanding of the voluntary society and not just the sort of moral specific situation, you know, according to these unique little situations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. I didn't hear that in the initial example, that it was an attempt to invalidate the ideas of a, a market-based justice system, but more of an attempt to poke holes in the idea of the non-aggression principle. And the non-aggression principle isn't, uh, you know, it's not a perfect system, but then again, nothing is a perfect system. Mark, you've given the example that— It sounds that perfect in this circumstance. I mean, g- what's imperfect about this circumstance? Well, the suggestion of the, the individual we're talking about here, and that person's not on the phone with us to really get into this— with them. Uh, the, the suggestion is that, well, because this situation exists, that therefore it invalidates the no, non-aggression principle because you can't live okay. by the non-aggression principle at all times. Therefore, it's not a valid principle. Okay, so the non-aggression principle, wrong. for the purpose of, um, of making it easy for people to understand, is one sentence long. But there's more to it, that if you aggress on somebody else, you need to make them whole. Right. And yes, 
in life, you're going to accidentally aggress on people. You're going to just, you know, you're going to do that. And that's going to happen. So when you make a mistake, you attempt to make people whole. So in this circumstance, you attempt to make them whole. The, the principle is not in any way invalidated. No, I it's agree not, with you. It's, it's not, not even tested. That's what that was my point. That this does not invalidate the non-aggression principle. And anyway, Greg, thanks for sharing that tonight. Do appreciate your thoughts and the time. Eight five five four fifty free is the SACL CAI toll free line. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Speaking of critics of the liberty movement, there is somebody who has written over at the Gonzo Times, which is may not actually be a serious website. I, it's not yet. I've not yet been able to determine this, but they basically made a uh, written themselves a hit piece against the Free State Project, uh, suggesting that it's essentially a racist uh, movement of people who shouldn't be calling themselves anarchists. Uh, but well, I, I think that he's just making a, some silly jab about the racist part, just simply because you know the largest amount of libertarians are white. Okay, there's plenty of black brown and whatever libertarians so who cares and why do you care what color they are that must make you a racist um and uh, but you know mostly what this is is a person this is a socialist that calls themselves an anarchist mm-hmm. uh, saying that uh-uh, you libertarians that call yourselves anarchists aren't real anarchists it's the same old boring trite argument over this dumb word that should be retired by yeah. both sides you're not an anarchist if you're a socialist you're not an anarchist if you're a libertarian Forget it. Yeah, neither side believes the other side is uh, is an anarchist. And, there, and I don't believe either side is. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You take control. Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count with the very best handcrafted confections. Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com and use coupon code FTL to save 10%. Statelesssweets.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number here, 855-450-FREE. You take control. Bring up whatever you want at 855-450-3733. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy them. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you may shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. Once again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. That'll allow you to connect with Amazon as well as Newegg and some other online uh, purchasing options. And whichever one you choose, uh, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. Uh, So Amazon, for instance, when you go to shop.freetalklive.com, click into the Amazon that's right for you, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, or U.S., and then Free Talk Live will get a uh, you know, pretty decent chunk of the total sales. This is money that Amazon would keep for themselves if you just went through their regular website link. But if you go through our links at shop.freetalklive.com, they send a portion of the total purchase to Free Talk Live. So it's a way for you to get the stuff you're looking for at the great Amazon prices you're used to, the free Super Saver shipping that you're used to, and send some of the money to Free Talk Live. So once again, go to shop.freetalklive.com. Uh, so our number here again is 855-450-FREE. There is this article at the Gonzo Times I mentioned a moment ago, Mark, where they're on the attack against the Free State Project, calling it 
the future of white America as though this is some sort of a uh, racist movement, which is absolutely insulting. Uh, one of the uh, the black people who is a member of a free state of the Free State Project called in last night, Colin from Nashua. Uh, now, honestly, we don't have enough minorities in the liberty movement. It's true. And I I would like to see that change. I think it needs to be said too that Including New Hampshire women. New Hampshire is is very white bread as it is. Yeah. As it is. I mean, we've talked on the show. I, I have a friend. Uh, we were pulled over in Swansea not too long ago, which is one of the towns right around Keene. Your black friend, right? My black friend, the, right. The guy who basically says he was the only black guy in Keene when Keen. he was growing up. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So Nice guy. He, like yeah. Guy. He's, he's um, my friend Jeremy. He's fantastic. And he we were given a hard time at, in Swansea in the middle of the night because I was guilty of having a black passenger. So mm. it's not... I don't think this is limited to the Free State Project. I think, you know... New Hampshire just is a, is very um, heavily populated by white folks. And I don't know why that is. I mean, it can't be a weather thing because there's plenty of, uh, you know, blacks and Hispanics living in Boston. Right. The or even just across the street in Brattleboro, across the Connecticut and Brattleboro. There's, is that true? There's a larger percentage population there is in Keene. I'm curious about that. I don't know what the but, difference is. You know, so this is what bothers me here. Is, is Manchester that, and Nashville are more uh, there's, populated. Certainly. There's certainly a reality um, of skin color out there. But why do we make a big deal about it? I mean, if we want racial barriers to disappear, then why is it that, you know, we're going to ring? I'm, I'm not going to wring my hands over these things. I want to make people feel welcome, but I want to make everybody feel welcome. It doesn't matter to me the color of their skin. I mean, clearly it matters to this guy. And I think that it's to his detriment. So this person is, I don't know, it's over at gonzotimes.com. And they give an excerpt of what the Free State Project is from their website at freestateproject.org. It says then, what the website leaves out is that this group of bourgeoisie is also at the forefront of the anarcho-capitalist and voluntarist movements, as expected from a movement that bases the whole of its radical, they put that in quotes, philosophy on Ron Paul throwbacks and small business angst. The sales pitch for this Murray Rothbard caricature of Jonestown reads, and then they give you uh, what the Free State Project you know, suggests here. Are you frustrated with the loss of freedom and responsibility in America while the growth of government and taxes continues unabated? Do you want to live in strong communities where your rights are respected and people exercise responsibility for themselves and in their dealings with each other? If you answered yes to those questions, then the Free State Project has a solution for you. And then the opinion from of the article writer here is, their solution? Escape to the capitalist heaven of New Hampshire, where there is no general sales tax and barely any pesky minorities. If that hasn't convinced you, let's read some more reasons to move to New Hampshire from the Free State Project's own 101 Reasons to Move. And then they give some more examples from that excellent document, which I highly recommend you check out over at freestateproject.org. Uh, and then he continues. He says, so if you like flailing unregulated knives, helmetless on a motorcycle you paid for with tax-free capital gains, then New Hampshire is the place for you. Oh, my God. Can I just interject Please. here? Now, I am not a member of the Free State Project. I'm a native. I was born here. Mm-hmm. And every, I think it's every other year, I go up to Concord because helmet laws are under the gun again. And seatbelt, we are the only state in the 50 states without a seatbelt law. I go up every and they, every two years, I think, um, the Highway Safety Agency comes through and offers a one-time payment of about a million dollars, which is less than a dollar per person mm-hmm. in the state of New Hampshire, to make a permanent primary seatbelt law. Mm. So they talk about helmets. Now, I'm a motorcycle rider. I've been a motorcycle rider for a long time. 
I don't need a law to tell me that it's common sense that I wear a helmet. I wear a helmet. I wear my gear. I I drive responsibly. I wear my seatbelt in my car. I don't need a law to tell me. And I certainly don't need the police to have one more reason that they can come in and abridge my liberty and come look at my car or just give me a hassle. And I just don't think I need a government that's going to tell me what to do or or tell me a nanny, hover, helicopter parent, tell me you must wear a helmet when you're going outside you know what? What if I don't? And we, that's why we need more people that think like you do to make the move here so we can ensure that those things don't come about and hopefully repeal uh, the current amount of nanny statism that we currently yeah, have. Yeah, and unregulated knives. I, I mean, may, may as well just expand that to say unregulated guns as well. You know, <laughs> regulation doesn't fix the problem as as people perceive it. You know, people, no one's getting stabbed in New York City. I no, mean, come on. Uh, right. And nobody's getting shot in Chicago. Yeah. Come on. You know, regulation is not going to fix the problem. He says, if all of this still doesn't convince you, they have explicit support from both Ron Paul and John Captain Racism Stossel. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. What does that even mean? I I don't know. Beyond the humor is... uh, Well, because here's what it is. is It's easy as pie to... Uh, ignore people's, uh, you know, if you don't want to rebut the very logical ideas of libertarianism or liberty or whatever you want to call just them. Just call everyone a racist. Just call right. them bigots yeah. because they don't want to, because the, I guess the idea is, is that I don't want to support government welfare, which I guess they believe goes to minorities as maybe some kind of reparations or, well, I don't know, whatever, um, what the claim is, um, because they might believe that and because I don't want to support that that somehow I'm a bad person. Now, forget the fact that I, you know, donate to all kinds of charities. I'm sure that, you know, dole out their money in all kinds of ways to people who are, you know, of minority descent. I frankly don't care how much melanin's in your skin. I'm not going to donate for or against you based on how much, you know, cockadin or cockagen or cockatin or melanin's in your skin. It just doesn't matter to me. Beyond the humor, this is all a very sad expression of the core of the voluntarist movement, a movement of white, middle-class males who feel alienated by taxes and poor people. Wait a second, I'm not male. You are in the minority, though, in the liberty movement as Less so as time goes by, though. That's right, more women are coming here every day. Not much more needs to be said to prove the point about the Free State Project. They seem to explain it themselves. Anything redeemable about this wholly reactionary organization is easily flushed away in a hysteria of anti-state reductionism There's nothing and reactionary about the Free State Pro- Project. The, the idea is, is to be proactive. Well, I think moving here is a reaction. Yeah, it I think he's suggesting it's a reaction it's re- against the statism that right. uh, we've experienced. Okay, But once, once people get here, I don't think it's so reactionary. I think you're right, Mark. It's more proactive. My real criticism, he says, lies in the audacity of the Free State Project to associate itself with anarchism. See, this is what it all comes down to. Sh- <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Oh, my God, I, my beloved and Circle A. By the way, the Free State Project has not in any way associated itself with anarchism. Not at all. The statement of intent for the Free State Project says that you'll move to New Hampshire and exert whatever effort you can uh, to the fullest effort possible to work toward a, a Mac government where its maximum role is the protection of life, liberty, and property, which suggests that uh, while people who would consider themselves no-government folks are welcome in the Free State Project, also people who consider themselves small-government folks are also welcome in the Free State Project. So ultimately, based on its statement of intent, the Free State Project is a much more encompassing uh, project than just something open to so-called anarchists. Yeah, so I want to 
to speak to anybody who may call themselves uh, an anarchist uh, that you know is actually a libertarian by my definition here. Um, do not spend your time engaging people online about whether and who's more anarchist. Stop bothering the socialists calling themselves anarchists about who's more anarchist. Because this is, I mean, look at this guy. He's wetting himself over this whole thing. I mean, this is a long blog blog post yeah. rambling I'm on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. And it it's long. all just about who's the bigger anarchist. And really, this is the best thing we can do for liberty? Fight over a word that is pointless, that uh, does nothing but, frankly, demean, the largely demeans the liberty movement? That's the best we can do? Point. It, it just. I, I mean, it's just pointless to me. Yeah. I read the thing. I, I read it. You know, for, until he got to this part. Scanned the rest of the article. Um, saw some of the comments in there and took a look at the picture of this guy and said, "I got nothing left to do with this." Yeah, he admits later that he's a Marxist, and so what more do you need to know? Eight five five four fifty three. The SACL CAI toll free line. Your thoughts are welcome on whatever's on your mind. Hour number two is next. Take control. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number tonight for you, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. Do head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we will share with you on our site. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you here tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And as I say, we'll take your calls about anything you want. But of course, we always bring stuff to the table that you might find interesting. And a lot of it comes from the front page of our website. I know that, Nemi, that's where you found this story about the pay bathroom at a school. That's right. Uh, who posted it there? That would be PM Falcon okay. who posted that to so our website. Yeah. And I had that one in my show prep as well. So do you want to share that with us? A teacher at an elementary school in Texas rewards good behavior with Boyd Bucks, fake money once required for bathroom trips. Sonia Cross is outraged after her seven-year-old's inability to afford a restroom trip caused him to urinate on himself and suffer ridicule. Oh, my she said, I was absolutely appalled. I could not believe it. The elementary school teacher requires students to pay for trips to the toilet with Boyd Bucks, fake money the first year instructor, instructor uses to reward children for good behavior. Cross said she found out about the unusual system after her son wet his pants during school because he didn't have enough Boyd Bucks for a bathroom run. He tried to hold it as much as he could, but he just couldn't, she explained. Really, that's just unhealthy. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think it, it really is, too. Um, I mean, <laughs> this is one of those areas where school just doesn't quite get it. And kids can abuse this. There's no doubt that a kid can go, you know, every hour say, yep, got to go to the potty. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do about that? I mean, I guess what you need to do is make your classroom interesting enough that kids don't want to do anything. Do do something so boring as go to the bathroom in order to, get, to get out, out of, of it. it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's that's the only advice I've got here. 
the story continues that her young son came home crying because his fellow classmates started teasing him, prompting Cross to demand the teacher end the reward system. Originally, when I first spoke with the teacher, she said, she was just going to show my son special treatment. But then I said, that's just not good enough. I need you to stop this for all of the children, yeah, she right. said. She needs to stop. That's crazy. It, it, I, I get where she was trying to come up with an innovative idea. And I like people coming up with innovative ideas. I get it. But I wouldn't call that an innovative idea unless you catalog uh, things that are control freak ideas as innovative. You've got to come up with different ways to stay, you know, to maintain your management of the classroom. I mean, I, I get that. Look, Ian, I don't like public school any more than you do. But if you're a public school teacher, that's what you chose. You believe the rhetoric that this is, um, you know, that, that, that you're going to be able to shape and mold lives. You've got to manage 25 kids who you know, have all different agendas and some of them are going to not want, are going to want to use the bathroom too often. This is, you know, relatively common. This happened to me when I was in school, essentially. Now, wait a second. When I was in school, I'm trying to think back as you're talking, Mark, and I don't remember having to get Boyd Bucks to go to the bathroom. I just raised my hand and I went. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, they tried to limit bathroom trips uh, in different times when I was in sure. school. Sure. Well, between classes, that makes sense. If, it, it but certainly. if you can't well, make it... There weren't any classes where I went. I, I mean, mean, we've had we've had stories on the show about people being forced to use a bucket in a classroom mm-hmm. because the teacher didn't believe them that they needed to go. I mean, really, at, at what point does this just become ridiculous? Oh, I think it's ridiculous at its face. Immediately, it's ridiculous. Um, but... You know, I, I went to a private school. We didn't have classes. Um, so, I mean, you had to go at certain times. But there was a particular reading lesson that was distasteful for most of the class um, that, you know, nobody liked it. It was a sort of workbook that nobody liked. And, uh, you know, the teacher made a rule, no using the bathroom during this time. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had done that. And I think she slid a piece of paper on my desk that said, don't use the bathroom during, you know, this reading assignment, whatever it was. I can't remember. SRAs or something like that. I was going to ask you if it was SRAs. Yeah. God, they were awful. What the hell does that funny. stand for? Uh, I don't know. Structured reading assignment, I Interesting. think. Interesting. I don't recall that. It was unpleasant. Hmm. And um, so then I, you know, th- then I decided, well, you know, I, I'm a rule follower. I- I'm going to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. And one time during class, I let out a big fart. And <laughs> this is second grade, right? So I tried to pretend like it wasn't me. Sure. And she came right over. She picked me up by both of my arms, stood me on my desk what? and yelled right in my face. When you have to go to the bathroom, you get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, this is the same lady. who She was contradicting her own rule. You know, a couple of months before, or a couple of weeks before. I don't know. I mean, it was a second Which grade. Which way do you want it, lady? Right. And well, at that point, I didn't have the, the you know, today, that's how it would have been. Yeah. But today, I'm a six foot tall man who she can't lift up and put up on the sure. desk. And that's what this comes down to. This comes down to treating little people different than big people. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think this is sick. And and one of the things that disturbs me, about, and you haven't finished the story no. yet, but one of the things that has disturbed me already is that she found mom, in this case, found out after her son came home from school with wet it, pants was it okay so he came home early yeah okay because that wasn't made clear I, it almost made it made me feel like they kept him at school actually uh, i'm not sure this, you might you might that, be right that he came home at you know after school as normal and that would have you know that he would have had to have stayed with his wet pants all day in school and like you know it may be that um i remember getting having extra pants at certain locations it may have been at school or maybe been like daycare or something like that you know you mean I, the school had extra pair of pants an extra pair of pants for each each student brought an extra pair of pants oh wow just, kept just it in there. case just yeah. in case kind of situation i mean That's the accidents can happen at 
five, six, seven. You're talking yeah. about kindergarten. They don't even get kids in kindergarten's naps anymore. So, mm. yeah, I mean, you keep them, you keep them from going to the bathroom, and you don't let them get a nap, and you know, I mean, try to put them in these structured environments, and you're going to have all kinds of adverse reactions. So continue the story. Um, Cross, the mother, spoke with administrators at the Dallas area school who told the unidentified teacher to do away with the system for bathroom trips at least. Quote, it's not a bad idea to have a reward program in the class, but they're going to continue that, but not for the bathroom breaks, the school district spokesman said to local media. Administrators say the teacher will not face any disciplinary action, though Cross says she's thinking about asking that the instructor be suspended. Hmm. But she has changed the policy, right? That yes. was I don't see that. I think that that's stepping too far. I, I think that change the policy. I think that the instructor should change the policy for the entire class, and I don't see that a first year instructor who tried something new out should be punished um, any further than that. I don't, you know. I mean, yeah, it's embarrassing for her son, uh, but you know, I mean, that's the way it is. the The situation has been rectified. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, has the situation been rectified? I mean, I think. If a, a seven-year-old has been mortified at school at mm-hmm. the hands of a teacher who didn't know better or made the made the the bad call, has the teacher apologized to the kid? I don't know the answer to that, and I think I'd say that that's the next um, only next step that I would uh, right. But but I don't like apolo- forced apologies yeah. because I don't think what they're of much they? use. Yeah, you know, I mean, what's the uh, you know the, the the teacher being forced to apologize? Let me let me let Go me ahead. clarify. I'm certainly not suggesting that she be forced to. I. I, as a teacher, if if I were the teacher that you described, meaning, well, first year, mm-hmm. this is a, a reward system. Let's see how it works out. I would be mortified if one of my kids in my class ended up peeing his pants because my system didn't work and, and that he he is then subject to being ridiculed by his, his classmates and whatever. I'm sure that is not, unless the person is crazy, Sure, that's not their goal here. They could be crazy. Well, I mean, she I... didn't want to do away with the system. She only wanted to give exceptions to this child, yeah. which says to me that she was, you know, she's more concerned about her systems than she is about apologizing. Well, that's that's fair enough. But what else would you need it rewards for in a classroom? Uh, who know, who knows? We like, had that and, stuff. I mean, there were. Uh, I remember, and I think it was like second or third grade. There, there were uh, these, you prizes, you know, star charts or whatever you, right. you'd get for uh, reading books, mm-hmm. and that translated into something. I don't remember what it was, but there was some sort of you know prize yeah. at the end. I remember that too. I, I I guess I just had great teachers. I never had to wait until to go use the bathroom when we never had bucks or gold stars or anything like that well no it wasn't a, i mean it didn't have anything to go to the bathroom but i'm just saying there were there was some sort of a system at one yeah. point where there was a reward and there was also the pizza hut thing there they uh, oh gosh yeah pizza hut would give flashback. you a free pan pizza if you book. read a certain number of books. books yeah i remember that now yeah which was a really you know that was pretty motivating uh, i guess although to the i house heard, or to your house or to the school oh no no, no you would oh, have to go you in personally you'd have to, you'd you, have to go one of the sit down. I don't know how many sit down Pizza Huts there are these days, but uh, you know, back when I was in school, delivered to the school. <laughs> no, well, that, I no. don't think they did delivery back then. No, I think the idea was you know get the kid to come in, get him a free pan pizza or whatever. The the little they had the little teeny pizzas. Okay. So mom and dad would and, buy. You know, yeah. then presumably mom and dad would get a, gotcha. a bigger pizza for I'm themselves. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, I heard Stefan Molyneux on his show uh, critiquing this with somebody as though it's a bad thing. You know, well, we're just bribing our kids with junk food. Well. It did get me to read some books. Pete says, good for you. 855-450-FREE. <laughs> SACL CAI toll-free line. You share your thoughts. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We do have a webcam there. Somebody was complaining about, uh, I guess, Livestream. That's the company that we stream through, uh, is putting advertisements in the streams, like a pre-roll ad, meaning when you click the play button, you are forced to watch an advertisement. Uh, typically, Adblock will uh, handle things like that, but then again, you probably should watch their ads considering that uh, they're the ones paying for the bandwidth costs of streaming that to you. The question was, what can be done to remove those ads? We'd probably have to pay a few hundred bucks a month in order to get those ads removed, and to me, that's just not worth it. So, sorry for any inconvenience. If you don't like it, don't watch the cam. Uh, but if you do want to see the cam, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com and you can see it there. It, it is free, uh, cam.freetalklive.com. If I had a few hundred bucks a month uh, to spend on the show, it probably wouldn't be in that in that way. A few hundred extra. It's not like you don't spend a whole bunch of money on the show. Already. No, yeah. I mean, we already spend uh, thousands every month uh, You know, getting the show out there, and I just can't justify it. What do we have, 30, 30 viewers? I mean, what's... What's the cam peak at? 30, 50 some nights, maybe? 50? It's 50 had, when I'm wearing a bustier. Yeah. It's, it's had <laughs> a thousand on it, but that's one of those on the front page of Ustream. Oh, God. Yeah, that was a long time ago. So, We're not even on Ustream, Ustream anymore. Nope. It used to freeze up. So there you go. Cam.freetalklive.com will take you there. Buyemergencyfoods.com. They're the place to go get uh, you know, storable foods, whether it's freeze-dried or other kinds of dehydrated food. Uh, their brand, Legacy Premium. By the way, Ian, we got our box today. So, oh, uh, I'm Laura's excited. going to be uh, preparing some and sending it off because um, I know you're not actually going to make it yourself. What? Uh, <laughs> I can totally handle that. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll just bring some packaging for you and you can take care of uh, yeah, it Yeah. Normally, you, what do you do? You add... Like, add you know, boiling water. You yeah, put well, it in a pot and boil it. I just can't see you doing that. Wait a minute. Ian, Ian takes care of himself. What are you talking about? He scavenges through boxed foods. <laughs> <laughs> so he needs to do prep. What does he need to do for this? Heat water. Okay, so I could do it. If if Ian can do it, I can do it. Oh, so, Ian yeah. can I could totally do, do that. Let's do it. He can bring it. do it. Just bring the damn food. I'll bring be happy it. to. I, I, I would look forward to... Um, to sampling this myself as well. Indeed. So um, unlike the rest of those foods out there, they're 100% certified GMO-free. They have zero MSGs, not just MSG, but any of the little MSG derivatives. No artificial flavors. They're the only one that puts an oxygen absorber in every nitrogen-flushed Mylar pouch. That isn't cheap, but... You know, if you think that all those features, all those extra features, by the way, vegetarian and uh, gluten-free options, all those features are going to cost you a whole bunch more, they're not. In fact, you can get them for far less. It's about half of what the industry price uh, pricing is. Um, you can get you can you can buy the one year package, feed two people on four thousand dollars a year, and this is two thousand calorie meals. You can, you could actually eat this way. It's probably a lot yeah. less than you spend at grocery store food. Um, use coupon code FTL. Get an additional five percent off. 
It's a big deal. Coupon code FTL. Get 5% off at buyemergencyfoods.com. All right, let's go to the phones and to you and your thoughts. Crichton is on the line in Louisville. Crichton, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, hey, Remy, that's a lovely hat you're wearing today. Thank you very much. I love this hat. You are in the season, uh, the festivities. You've got a, yeah. uh, looks like a cat in a hat. It's a cat in a hat hat. It's got this Christmassy kind of look to it. Well, it's a it's a Seuss hat. It's yeah. a cat in a hat hat, and that's all Which has nothing to do with Christmas. And it, nothing to do with Christmas, because I'm very, I'm actually pretty anti-holidays it, myself. It has that holiday look to it. it I, does. I don't know if it, that was your intention. It goes it, well with my Grinch slippers. Mm, okay. But not my intention. This is usually <laughs> my winter hat. But thank you very much. If you want to see my, my hat, you can go check out the cam. What's the address? Cam.freetalklive.com. So go ahead, Crichton. What else? Um, I want to talk to you guys about this this flag that I've discovered, I stumbled upon, and I wanted to know what you guys thought of it. Have you even heard of it? All right. Uh, this this uh, this guy that goes by the name of the Muslim Agorist. Yes. Designed this this flag uh, that he's calling the Voluntarist flag of the uh, ANCAT flag, um, and it 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 kind of. I don't even he explains it sort of that it it what it is is it's it's gold colored triangle mated with a black triangle on a uh, just that's basically all of it. It's just a and, uh, it's a rectangle that has a, a gold it's a gold triangle and a, a you know a black triangle basically there's a line that runs down the uh, from you know top right to bottom left separating the two fields. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I, I wanted to know what you guys thought of it and if you've seen well, it. First off, I don't think that the Muslim agorist designed it. Um, no, this is not a. I mean, he, that guy's a pretty talented designer, and you're just talking about a. You're talking about a rectangle flag with two colors on it. Uh, the top triangle is uh, is golden. The bottom one yellow. is is black. Uh, black. Correct. That's all that's on the flag. Yeah, I mean the the classic uh, anarchist flag is red and black, and no, that, no, it's not. The no? classic anarchist flag is black. Oh, all black. But um, they have uh, split up because because um, the anarchists are a factious lot, and this is the reason that I say just stop calling yourself this nonsense, people. Uh, but if you just go ahead and look up, uh, you know, go to Google Image Search and start looking up anarchist flags, you'll see a lot of those circle A's um, with a black field on it. But once you start get, digging a little deeper, you'll find these um, these others that have these triangles. So there's the uh, Christian anarchists, which are white and black. They're all separated oh, the really? same way. There's the, the, the triangle yep. and the tri- the two the black triangle and then some other color. So there's yep. the white and black. That's the Christian. So anarchists. the red and blacks are the anarcho communists. That's the anarcho commies. The golden blacks are the anarcho capitalists. The golden the black and pinks are the anarcho feminists. There's a there's a black and orange <laughs> out there Thank that I'm God. not entirely we, sure that, of. Black and pink, huh? So your question is, have we ever seen this before? Yes, absolutely. Obviously you have. Yep. Uh, you know, how do we feel about it? Um, I don't like the term anarcho-capitalist, so I, I personally stay away from those terms. I'm not a them. big fan of flags myself. Oh, I'm going to get beat up by the feminists. The feminists are actually uh, sort of a, a pucy purple, and it's the uh, anar- <laughs> and black? queer anarchism actually uh, named, man the uh, pink one. I see. Yeah, and the green ones are green anarchism, whatever that is. Oh, so, and the anarcho-primitivism. If you want to hear about the strangest belief system in the world, go read up on anarcho-primitivism because these people don't even like it's not even close to the rest of it. Doesn't even belong in the same field. Hmm. Uh, Crichton, how do you feel about the flag? Oh, well, I actually ordered some of the lapel pins he's offering on. Yep. Uh, 
the website. I ordered uh, ordered my Bitcoin, uh, and they're on their way. But I just was curious because I before I, I uh, countered them, I'd never even heard of any of this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that the lapel pin may very well be an interesting, um, uh, you know, conversation starter. I like. I'm, is I'm this against the one the with use, the... using the term anarcho anything. Hold on, is the re- lapel pin? I'm over at dailyanarchist.com. There's an article here by the Muslim agorist uh, whose real name is Davi Barker, um, but it's showing something here. The pin is this the pin with the V logo, building a voluntary society without permission? Is that the pin you're talking about? Well, no, but it's it, it's. Directly above it. The one I, I ordered was just plain gold and black. Yeah. So the, the, I like the other one too, but it, I think putting tiny words on a lapel pen yeah. is just guaranteed to cause trouble. Get where you're uh, coming from, Crichton. Uh, thanks for bringing that up here. I'm sure some people will dig uh, flags like that. Uh, we've got a flag hanging in the studio. It's a peace flag with uh, black and yellow uh, coloring on it. Anyway, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I guess you can get those badges, uh, those pins, over at shinybadges.com. And that's according to the Muslim agorist, who is a pretty cool guy, from what I can tell. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Talk Live. You take control if you want. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com where you will find a variety of features. Unlike those other talk show hosts, we actually allow you on our site for free uh, so you can enjoy all the features you find there. And they include the archives. So if you've missed a moment, it's no problem. You can just click and download as many episodes as you would like at freetalklive.com. We have the last week's worth at the top of the page. You can click into the archive section to go back for years' worth of Free Talk Live. Also, years' worth on our SoundCloud page as well, which you can access from freetalklive.com on the left-hand side of the site under Listen and Share. There's a link to our SoundCloud page there. Or anywhere on the web, you can just type in soundcloud.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to our SoundCloud page where you may click Share on any episode of your preference, including the Edgington Post, which is also available through our SoundCloud page. Click the Share button, and then a little uh, interactive window will pop up to allow you to choose to where you would like to share it. Uh, Perhaps Facebook, Twitter, WordPress, wherever it is you want to put it. It makes it easy for you at our SoundCloud page. Go to freetalklive.com, grab some archives. They're all totally free. Uh, so 855-450-FREE is the number. BitInstant. BitInstant.com is the place to go to get your Bitcoins. It's the fastest, safest, easiest way to get Bitcoins. And, uh, you know, it can be difficult. Some some places in the world more difficult than others. BitInstant.com has got more than a million locations that you can deposit Bitcoins, at which you can deposit Bitcoins. And... In more than 30 countries, bitinstant.com, they make it easy for you. If you don't know what a Bitcoin is, go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. We've got a link there to bitinstant.com and uh, lots of other – and a couple other links there where you can learn more. It's uh, bitinstant.com. All right. So 855-450-FREE, right back to your phone calls here. Steve, listening in North Dakota, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey there. Uh, so um, 
a teacher that I had. I went to high school back in the early and mid '80s, and uh, a, te- a teacher that we had in high school recently died, and they put it on. There's a Facebook group dedicated to the you know his first students of the of that high school from mm-hmm. that alumni. Yes, yeah, so sort of an unofficial alumni association. And uh, they, you know, there was all these remembrances. Oh, yeah, I remember Mr. Miller, this and that. And uh, suddenly some guy goes, yeah, I remember I remember Mr. Miller. I, I smoked uh, many doobies with him. <laughs> and so I, and I, I remember hearing these rumors when I was in school, but I guess I was kind of a lame-o. I didn't really, you know, get into all that stuff. Sure. And, uh, and then all of a sudden somebody else commented, hey, you know, I smoked dope with him, too. By the end of the day, three or four people had remembrances of smoking dope with Mr. Miller. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking, that's, I mean, that, isn't that kind of crazy, or is it? Is that unusual? Is, is, have you guys, did you guys have any uh, stuff like that going on in, in, in your high school? I, I just no, that never, I mean, that never happened to me. Uh, but I do know that there was a teacher at my high school who uh, ended up getting arrested for growing cannabis, and it uh, turned into oh, wow. a big uh, scandal. I mean, it was it was getting press all around the county. Um, but he ended up getting his job back because he was just that good of a teacher. He was uh, really wow. popular with the kids, and uh, it was incredibly poor move on the school board's part to fire him. So he ended up getting reinstated. It took a few years, but uh, but they did end up bringing him back. Uh, that was the only real kind of brush with teachers and cannabis use that I had had. Uh, Nemi, Mark? Yeah, I you... didn't have any experiences like that. It was mostly, well, it was all um, like co people who were going to the school with me. Right. Yeah, right. I, I, I can only point at teachers that I would have, you know, would have been certain that were smoking dope, but I didn't smoke dope with them. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been incredibly risky. I mean, for, uh, for a teacher to smoke cannabis sure, yeah. with a student, I mean, that, that's... <laughs> that doesn't stop him from touching the girls, though. That nope, happened sure several doesn't. times at... Uh, my high school. No, I get uh, I get where you're coming from. I, that is also a risky thing to do as well. But uh, I don't know. I guess some people would see that and say this is a bad teacher. Others would say uh, that guy really cared about his students. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, the, the, the big <laughs> scandal uh, in the next county over involved my cousin. Uh, uh, she was a, she's a, it's a female cousin. Yeah. And uh, she had, I, I want to say she ran away from home, but not really because she was 18, so she could leave home if she wanted to. But she left sort of in a huff, and she moved in with a uh, PE coach that we had that, that they had at their school that everybody knew was a lesbian, but nobody hmm. sort of said it. So that that was the big scandal that my my cousin moved in with the uh, the lesbian PE coach. And was she still uh, going to the school, or had she graduated at that point? She it was the summer after her graduation and she lived with her for that summer and then moved back home as uh, uh the next uh, September sounds entirely like legal <laughs> we had an english yeah, teacher sure. we had an english teacher that married his teacher's aide hmm. um like you know i think i think she was a teacher's aide 2 years and then uh you know then she graduated and then they got you know then they got hitched that uh, summer and you know that? that was that and they yeah, stayed and, together yeah and my wife had her you know we all got to talking about this uh my wife there was five student-teacher couples that came from her graduating class, and two or three of the couples are still married. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, 
People get together at work, and in the circumstances of you know teachers dating students, I understand why people find it a little creepy. Look, I didn't send my kid to your school for <laughs> stupin', but you know that's what people do. People are going to do it. Yeah, you know, I mean these are adults; these aren't kids. Yeah. Steve, thanks for sharing your story tonight, man. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. There were rumors about that with uh, one of the teachers at my school that uh, he used to go down. He passed away recently, uh, but he uh, used to go down to the Baihai Hut, I think it was, uh, Mark, the Sarasota's most famous. Sarasota's uh, famous North Trail. Yeah. Famous for hookers. (laughs) And then he would go down to the Baihai Hut and drink, and uh, that was kind of one of the rumors. But the other one was that he ended up dating one of his students after she had graduated. Graduated high school. Yeah, I say more power to him. Yeah, amen to that. It's a little, it's a little disconcerting. I get it, but the you know all the evidence I've seen, these people want to be together. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. We were talking about uh, kind of we've been on the school topic here because in the earlier this hour we were talking about this teacher who prevented a student from going in elementary school, I believe, yeah. uh, prevented a student from going to the bathroom because he did not have enough bucks. The teacher had some sort of fiat currency Class that she currency. was mm-hmm. uh, issuing, and uh, he didn't have enough to go to the bathroom. It makes me wonder what that scene was like. You know, what exactly was it that transpired there? I mean, I, presumably the young man would have made it clear that he had to go to the bathroom. She would have told him, no, no you don't have enough, enough bucks. Money. Uh, so, and then he would have said, but I really got to go. I mean, at what point did he just stop and go back to his seat and then pee his pants or did he pee them right there? Like, I would have been curious as to exactly how much effort he put into trying to go to the bathroom. And why would you want to have to deal with that as a teacher? I understand you've got your rules and that you say the kids have to have bucks to go to the bathroom. I think it's a stupid rule, but that was how she was playing, you know, her little game by. Why would you want to clean up that mess? Like, wouldn't you just, okay, fine, go. First, you know? Well, first, first off, I mean, the, the suggestion is is that you don't believe that um, the student yeah. really has to go as badly as they say, or that they can't hold it till the end of class or recess or whatever. And also, they can't. I mean, she has a plan, and if you don't stick with the plan, then the plan's no good. Rules right? are the rules. This is yeah. why you don't make silly little rules that people can't. You know, I, I mean, I get why you stick with rules. I get it. So, because if all all the kid has to do is you know dance around, and say I really gotta go, and then suddenly the you know the buck system falls apart yeah. completely. Um, I, I I think that the only answer is is that kids should be able to go to the bathroom when they need to go to the bathroom. There's an interesting comment here that I'd like to read, if if I may. from this article from this article sure. from the New York Daily News. This is a comment from Criley four hundred one. Says, I cannot see that the majority of posters here have any idea how to keep control of 30 young students. In your mind, you have taken care of two or three children in your life and you think you are experts. Well, you're not. You have all went to school, so you should have a basic idea of how a class works. The classroom must have rules. These rules need to be enforced or the teacher will be dismissed for poor discipline. Now, I'm going to interject here. I would think a boy wetting his pants would be poor discipline in in the classroom, but I'll continue. One problem teachers must deal with is going to the bathroom. If it's just go at will, many children, and by many I mean a lot, will take advantage of the laxness of the rule and disrupt class over and over. You simply put out a bathroom class, such as a small baton. You will find the students that grab the baton most also like to wander the halls most. If not hall wandering, they like to hang in the bathroom for various reasons. What happens if the child gets hurt? This continues on. Come back with more here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, my name's Tim Cummins. I'm your verbal surgeon, and my job, to help you feel 
good right now. And every time you listen to my podcast at verbalsurgery.com, you will feel good because you're an awesome person of amazing abilities, incredible skills, and that makes me feel good too. So give it the program, verbalsurgery.com, and feel good now. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything that you want, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you here, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. And you may join us online at freetalklive.com if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live. You can become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send 5 bucks a month into the show with any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use Visa or MasterCard right through our website, uh, you send that five bucks a month in. We take it, invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well. Uh, looking forward to announcing a couple new stations next week if everything goes as planned. Always like to wait until after the stations have come on board before I make the announcement, uh, welcoming our listeners, our brand new listeners. So that's exciting. And it was the Free Talk Live AMP program that directly made this station possible. They did uh, they did not have the equipment that they needed to get the show. Needed a receiver. Uh, most stations do. Most stations that we bring on board have already the have equipment. the receiver uh, because a bunch of sh- bunch of shows and networks are on the same receiver, uh, including Free Talk Live. But they didn't but the have the XDS is a new kind of receiver. That's what it's called. Yeah, and they didn't have that. Uh, because they were using a network that was not on uh, that particular receiver, so it's a you know it's a thousand dollar receiver, and we're able to send that to them because of the Free Talk Live AMP program. So directly because of the AMP program's contributions, because of listeners like you, we're bringing stations on board. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. And that's where you can sign up and get on board with the AMP program. Get the perks, too, like the access to the AMP only call-in lines, AMP only podcast, forum, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more as we go. Uh, We'll continue, actually, with your phone calls in a moment. I know, Nemi, you had a comment that you were sharing with us about this this young man, uh, this elementary schooler who was refused access to the bathroom because he did not have... The appropriate amount of bucks that the teacher was handing out for things that kids did that were good. Favorite right. points. Yeah. Yep. And there's there's more information about that here in the comment as well, which is why I wanted to read it. All right. So the the, the commenter posts, poses the question, if not wandering in the halls, kids like to hang in the bathroom for various reasons. When the child gets, gets hurt into the bathroom... Um, due to fighting or engaging in play that is not appropriate, the first question asked is, where was the teacher? Well, little Johnny can't be supervised in the bathroom at the same time Ms. Jones is teaching a class. Mm-hmm. Ms. Correct. Jones cannot leave 29 students to check on one student as finding that student becomes a job for the office. Now you can say, well, if little Johnny is giving those types of problems, just restrict him from leaving the room and not the other kids. Well, little Johnny still has to go to the bathroom, and if he pees his pants, people still get upset. Now let's look at this program of Boyd Bucks. First, the teacher has three scheduled bathroom breaks per day from her classes. Now, that wasn't made clear in the article. Meaning you would not need a Boyd Buck to go at that time? Correct. I see. Okay. Now, most students are also allowed to go to the bathroom during lunch. So that is four times per day a child can use the restroom without leaving class. Ms. Boyd has put in a reward system in which children can earn points they use for various reasons, including extra bathroom breaks. To earn a Boyd Buck is like any other reward system in most schools. You earn them for following rules, like sitting in your chair at the start of class or turning in your homework, or following other various rules or doing something in a better-than-average way. In other words, Boyd Bucks would be easy to earn. 
mm. apparently. That's interesting that uh, that impo- the point that we did not get the first time was that there were uh, bathroom breaks. I did not realize right. that. Well, of course there were. When, her, right. when first hearing the uh, the story. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that seemed obvious to me. There's recess and all these other... Sure, sure. It just wasn't clear in the article, and I agree with you, Ian, for sure. Sounds like, um, in other words, boy bucks would be easy to earn, but this boy didn't earn any. So it's indicative of a child who is having some discipline problems and sure. perhaps could not be trusted to go to the bathroom yep. without someone going with him. Teachers, like most of us, assume that everyone, including seven-year-olds, can hold off going to the restroom for short periods of time, barring medical concerns. Oh, and there's nothing to say that this kid didn't just wet his pants in order to be vindictive. This We had a, a tweet on uh, Facebook. I just, I, I get the problem. This is... The problem with school, and I'm of the opinion that the problem is school, and I don't just mean public school. I really have a problem with the way that kids are educated these days. And the way that I was educated, I just don't think you take a bunch of kids all the same age, uh, put them in the same classroom, and expect them to learn learn the same things at the same time Mm -hmm. and like it. You're not going to learn anything you don't like. That that's a good point, and it's uh, from my understanding, a few of my friends are teachers. It's often in, especially in larger classes, it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. You yeah. see what sticks. Absolutely. And it's got to be difficult for the teacher there. You know, I mean, at some point or another as a teacher, you've got to be saying to yourself, man, I am a glorified babysitter. Yeah, for sure. Really? So the comment continues on just briefly here. No teacher wants a child to wet themselves due to rules or reward programs. Vilify the teacher if you must, but it is my guess that the child needs to change his behavior right. much more. The than child the, needs to change their behavior much more than the teacher needs to change her rules. The mother should be asking her son what he was doing when other children were using the restroom or taking the boy to the doctor for an exam. She should also also ask him why he has not been earning any boy bucks. I, I so. When you when you make when you try to stick all of these round pegs into this square hole, you know, some are going to fit a lot better than others. Mm-hmm. All these pegs, I should say, all these pegs into this particular hole. Some some pegs are going to fit a lot better than others. And, I, you know, this is why I don't want to send my kid to regular school is because to some extent or another, that peg has got to fit in that hole. And or else no graduation. Well, or, or it, it, it's graduation's pointless. I could have dropped out the, the you know, s- semester before I graduated. My life wouldn't have been n- any different at all. Mm-hmm. That piece of paper they give you is who cares about that? It's the damage that's done. Yeah. And my question is, is not how much does school teach your kid, but what kind of what, how much does your your school prevent your kid from learning? Because I've taken my son's learning into hand, and you know maybe he's good at certain things. There's certainly that's the case. I can tell you he's not so good at other things. But you know when when you when you take their education as your responsibility, I think that that's an incredibly empowering place to come from, regardless of whether you send them to public school or private school or where or keep them at home, like we generally do. I think that your their education is your responsibility. Yeah, I think getting your kids out of government school is a good first step toward uh, giving them a better educational experience and putting them. If you you know insist on having them in a school, if they're in a private school, then at least then you're more likely to be dealing with staff members that are compassionate. I think my towards... issue happened at a private school. Not necessarily. I went to Catholic yeah. school, and they're not big so. on the compassion. Yeah, Ian. Ian just believes that all the problems stem from government schools. But I'm sorry, man. The paradigm is the the Prussian model mm-hmm. and most schools operate from it. Ninety nine percent of schools do the same thing. They take 
the same age kids, they stick them in the same classroom, and they they have the same amount of them, yeah. anywhere from 20 to 30 of them, and they make them behave. Well, I would expect more from a private school as far as compassion is concerned, because I would then be able to take my child away from the school and take my money away. And send them so where? I guess, if people, I guess if people don't want compassion, if the majority of people who are sending their kids to school don't want compassion, then they're not going to get it. But I would hope that there would be some sort of private school out there that would offer a more compassionate curriculum. And, sure, and if that's teaching, what you're shopping and for. Teaching uh, teaching group. Uh, let's go to Aaron. He's listening in Indy to WXNT. Hey, Aaron. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, wow. good evening. I don't know where to start. Uh, At the beginning, start. try that. <laughs> well, that's why you're on the radio and I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just I was kind of tripped up by hearing that same old uh, a cookie cutter response government school. Just think, if it wasn't for government school, I think the teachers too often try to teach you through their personal experience. I suggest that uh, you just leave kids in a room by themselves. Let them learn from each other. That's the best way to get them more diverse. I agree. I think they need some tools. uh, Quiz them on what they learn from each other. Because uh, let me tell you real quick, I went to, um, I'm from one of those, you don't say that hateful just against people of government schools that he would like to speak of. And uh, I moved to the rural part of Indiana. I was the only black guy at the whole high school. This is in 82, my mm-hmm. senior year in high school. And got along perfectly with the students up there. I mean, you could always have an idiot there that's sure. not used to nothing. But for the most part, everybody got along. Like I said, it was only four blacks up there. My little sister and two other girls that were sisters. And, you know, you know, I don't cut real good. Girls fell for me big time, but I didn't know it about it because I'm just trying to get acclimated to a new uh, environment. But uh, I got into it with my history teacher, and I've never been the type that shy away from a, a conversation. I said, history is nothing more than what the majority wants to interpret it to be. She said, you want to elaborate? I said, you want to give me a good grade if I can? And the, crowd, the students are going crazy. Go on, Aaron. Go on, go on. Get her, get her. And I said, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Can we uh, have a little, uh, you know, I got two $5 bills in my pocket. And I said, I want Greg. You know, I'm, I'm going to give him two questions. And if he answered both of them, he get both $5 bills. Is that okay? I'm asking the teacher. She said, sure. I said, okay. Now, Greg, who in our history book, who, t- he, who teaches us? that this gentleman couldn't tell a lie. He cut down the cherry tree. I want you to hang on, uh, Aaron. We can bring you back here in a moment. You can tell your story about your experience. Sounds very interesting. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts. You can bring up anything. Hour number three is next. Free Talk Live. This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877-357-9938. 877-357-9938.
This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. Bring up whatever you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line with you tonight in the studio. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. We invite you to our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you'll find on the site. Uh, The main feature allows you to control the content. So the stuff you see there, uh, the items as you scroll down the page that have numbers next to them, the numbers are votes. The items are submitted by listeners like you, and you get to vote on the stuff that you see on the site. So vote it up if you like it, vote it down if you don't, or just ignore it, and uh, go and create the content over at freetalklive.com. Now and then, we'll actually share stuff from our website that you have submitted. And last hour, one of the things we were discussing was submitted by one of our listeners. PM Falcon submitted the bathroom, uh, the pay bathroom at school article. Now, it's not actually a bathroom with like a quarter slot on it. This uh, used to be co- relatively common when I was younger. At school? No, not at school. No, in like no. cities. Right, right. No, we're talking about Real at school city. where <laughs> I haven't a, seen that, uh, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time. Put money in a slot to go use the bathroom. They do exist, as I understand it, I'm in bigger sure. cities. Uh, but they, uh, you know, keeps the bums out, that kind of thing. But in school, in this case, the teacher had uh, had some kind of a system that she was handing out bucks, like some kind of fiat currency to her students. They would then redeem those bucks for various different things, including the ability to go to the bathroom at a time when bathroom breaks were not necessarily scheduled. Right. Outside uh, the normally scheduled bathroom break hours. And uh, so that kind of led into a conversation about bad teaching and uh, you know what is appropriate as far as how to handle kids going to the bathroom, getting your kids out of government school. And Aaron called in with a story from his experience going to school. Aaron, you were telling us that uh, there was a challenge of some sort involving 10 bucks. Can you recap that for our listeners that are just tuning in? Sure, I would like to impress, uh, to add on to what you just said. Do what my grade school did from classes kindergarten through three, uh, uh, grade three, uh, have the, uh, a restroom built into the room. Yeah, yeah I remember that. We, this was kindergarten, yep. yep. Yeah, but uh, as far as I was talking about, uh, I was trying to prove to my teacher that uh, the false fallacies of our history uh, is only uh, interpreted by who's having the majority of the conversation. You know, and it leads to a whole lot of uh, problems we haven't yet today. Well, history was also written by the the winners, too, right? So, uh, you know, if you win the war, you get to write the history books. And that's what I was trying to prove to her. And so I uh, got a a friend of mine that was at school with me. I said, I got two $5 bills in my pocket. You can win both both of them, but you got to answer both questions. And uh, she said that she okayed it. And uh, I said, who couldn't tell a lie? And they chopped down the cherry tree. He said, George Washington. I said, oh, all right, here's your $5. You're halfway there. And I said, okay, now tell me who was the first person to perform an open-heart surgery in the United States. And I said, before you take a guess on it, I'm going to give you a bonus. This is a bonus round. I said, our history teacher can help you with the answer. Hmm. And if she give it to you, you still get the second five dollars, but if you don't answer, you got to get the first five back. Uh huh. All right. He didn't know it. She didn't know it. And I was. And remember, I'm the only African American uh, student up there. I said, "Did you know that an African American performed the first open heart surgery in in the United States at the doctor?" And he said, "No." And I asked her. She said, "She didn't know that." I said, "Well, this is help proving my point." I said. It's more important for you to tell us, uh, to test us on a myth and a lie than it is for every student in here to know what's really important to our lives 
our daily lives right now, which is really part of a positive history. I think as long as we have this here, a breakdown on what history really uh, uh, could teach us, this is what's going to keep us from being equal. And uh, I mean, you know, some people feel they're more superior because some of them at, at school looked at me as the only thing they ever offered us is basketball and the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm. So you what know, was the answer? If, if, if they think um, uh, we came from an intellectual spot just as much as they did, then they have no leverage as far as that uh, intellectual spot. I hope I'm telling this right, but she she congratulated me on it. And uh, I was trying to teach her, my te- teach my teacher that, you know, everybody has something to offer. And as long as, as long as you're in a public school or that private school, your uh, co-worker they're so pr- uh, proud of, Private school, let me tell you, the only difference between a private school and a public school is that you get to brag about how much money you spent on learning no more than what you would in a government school. Well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, they I'm generally going to disagree with that as well. They generally show that private school educations are better than uh, than the public school educations out there. But I think most of it is because private for me, teach how to stay private and away from diversity as well. It teaches you how to stay within your own little culture sack of intelligence or ignorance. Actually, I don't. I don't think that's true, given my experience either. Um, community service was was very big at the school that I went to. And we definitely were encouraged to get out of our our little cliques of our intellectual and social cliques. The private school That's I went the, to was all upper middle class Christian kids. Um, I mean, you know, one hundred percent. So, you know, for me that that was the homogeny was different. Uh, what did you learn about other people other than yourself? No, nothing. Nothing. I mean, you know, there was there was some kind of uh, I remember a social studies thing on Tanzania and Aboriginals. That's about it. Hey, Aaron, what was the answer to the question? The second question about the open heart surgery. Due to the fact that I've gotten older, and <laughs> I've forgotten his name. Well, right. <laughs> I get the point that you were making, though, is that uh, you know the, yeah. the, the the story about Washington was a myth, right? Like that was mm-hmm. nonsense. And I didn't want I didn't want it to be so heavy because, and you know, I'm kind of a the type of guy I like to keep things light, but still learn something from it. I thought, okay, since I'm in charge of the class, class is dismissed. And she <laughs> made everybody start laughing, but she did get my point. You know, she got my point. And we got along really good up there. Aaron, thanks you know, for sharing they, your they, call. They and, me and I learned from them. Yep, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't say there isn't value in being uh, around people that are different. I totally sure. agree that there is. Um, but the problem is the force. That's where the d- big difference comes in between government and private schools is that everyone's forced to pay for the government schools, whether they like them or not. And most of them uh, have a lot of, uh, qual- you know, dislikable uh, components to them. I want to just be able to be free to choose where to send my money. And Daniel Hale Williams yeah. uh, performed the first open heart surgery. And by the way, the who cut down the cherry tree with an axe didn't happen. Right, like and he said, it was said, a myth. Right. Well, no, he said. I think he was just referring to in general that history is myths because it doesn't. Uh, no, I think he was specifically referring to that story. Being maybe a myth. he was, maybe he wasn't. I don't know, but I would do want to make it clear that yeah. uh, whatever that story is, more apocryphal than anything. Sam is in Texas listening to LRN.FM. Hey, Sam. Hey, good evening, you guys. So early in the show, you had a caller who brought up Marco Roden, but couldn't really explain what was interesting about him, and I wanted to sort of fill in uh, the gaps there. Okay. Um, so what he's come up with is a equation that, in my opinion, expresses sort of mathematical perfection. 
And the best way to visualize it is to think of a piece of graph paper that has all the little squares on it. And the solution to his equation comes up with a cube that's three numbers by three numbers, three numbers wide by three numbers deep. And what you do is you fill this in on all the little squares. So you've got numbers from, I think, zero to nine in each little box. And then if you can imagine taking that piece of graphing paper and wrapping it around a donut so that all the ends connect up as well as all the sides and you stretch it and so forth. And at this point, the squares are like diamonds around the, the donut shape. But that's what his work has done. And what's significant about it is you can take the equation and start at any square, any number, and move in any direction, apply the equation, and the solution is always the next square over. Mm. That's, so, it sounds incredible. I don't know what it's useful for, but it sounds incredible. Well, that's where we're going to go. So what he then did was took this sort of mathematical expression in, the, in 3D and started wrapping a toroid coil. And uh, he used the windings and so forth that lined up with the equation. And then he did something very interesting. He put uh, a, an electric current through it and put a metal ball bearing in the center, and it started spinning it up very fast. So free energy? In a way, something yeah. Something like that? But it's right. bigger than that. It gets into the ether theory. Stand by, Sam. 855-450-FREE. You bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Puke in the Gang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on our site. You can enjoy them on us. We've got the news updates that allow you to follow our emails or Twitter or Facebook. Go to, uh, go to news.freetalklive.com. To sign up for whatever is your preference there. If you get the emails, you're going to get just the news about the show, you know, new affiliates, things that we need to announce, that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you sign up for Twitter and Facebook, if you follow us or friend us there, then Free Talk Live will share more with you than just the news about the show. You'll get the news, but you'll also get updates, uh, as uh, including uh, you know show prep that we post, questions that we might ask you, observations, and apparently even pictures now, uh, with a terrible picture uh, being fo- posted of uh, you and I, Mark, in the studio earlier, where we were uh, chatting with our PR lady, and she took a picture. She just wanted to prove to us that pictures do better on Facebook than regular posts. They have. This picture really, has done... Yeah, really, she, Really, she was really right. did well. I mean, like you know, there's some donuts and and uh, some food that you had ready there, and you know, you look like you're about ready to dry up and blow away. You're so skinny, and I've sucked my gut in, and I happen to be wearing my fanny pack. Um, Your fanny pack is hot. Yeah, well, you know, the I ladies mean, adore it. I, 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 you're so summarizing the, the comments uh, with yeah. your comments there, Mark. Those, yeah. The things you were saying were what was said on the comments. But that's the reality of the picture, too. Yeah. Basically, yeah. people were reiterating what they were seeing. And yeah. uh, But I would like to say I don't like to have things in my pockets. 
So, yeah, go to news.freetalklive.com. That's where you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and sign up for the emails, news.freetalklive.com. And strategicsurvival.com is the place that you can go to get a, well, you know, a book that you need if you're interested in being prepared for whatever eventuality you might be concerned about. If you're tired of general preparedness or survival advice with no sort of reason or context behind it, or the kind of single scenario focus of survivalists on TV, well, Strategic Survival is a book that takes all kinds of scenario-based survival situations and makes them make sense for you. They give, uh, they give uh, tips. They give specific advice, specific products that you need, recommendations for training and practice, for added confidence and experience. It's strategicsurvival.com. It's a great book. Go check it out. Stra- By the way, the, uh, the Chapter 4 is free online, strategicsurvival.com. Sam is still with us here in Texas. Uh, Sam, you're back on Free Talk Live. You were saying something about an ether something or other. Go ahead. Yeah, so we were talking about Marco Roden and his work with what he calls the Roden coil. Um, and there's a TED video that gives a great summary of this. And in the video, you can see he's wired up this coil based on his mathematical equation that's mapped to a toroid, which is a donut shape. And he takes the steel ball bearing inside of a little plastic cup, sets it in the middle, and it starts to spin like crazy. And then what he does, which is where the interesting part comes in, is he picks it up, and the ball bearing keeps spinning. And he walks like 10 feet away from this coil, which, you know, anytime you send electricity through a wire, it generates a magnetic field. Mm-hmm. But it would not have an effect. That far away. away. No. Ten. Yeah. And... The thing, the ball bearing is still, you can hear it sitting there spinning like crazy until he unplugs the coil, then it finally slows down and stops. What does that mean, Sam? So so what that's suggesting, what mainstream science says is that uh, the universe is constant. The, The fabric of the universe itself is this constant thing. This is the God particle, the Higgs boson, and so forth. Um, but what he might be doing, in my opinion, is he's tapping into a resonance with the ether, which is the idea that it's not constant. We're in this constant sort of flux material that makes up the universe, Mm -hmm. which throws out all kinds of things like redshift that NASA uses to determine how far galaxies are away. Because if gravity and... um, Light, I guess, can be altered by the ether. You can't depend on the amount of the shift as it passes across uh, the universe through space. Yeah, I'm so, lost. Yeah, it's really something. <laughs> I. Well, okay, so let me put it this way. Um, we have Einstein's general relativity theory, uh, which works. It's all about gravity and how planets interact, and it's been really well proven. But what science did years ago is they went with this standard sort of the universe's constant theory. And, of course, they have the super collider thing where they supposedly found the Higgs boson particle, the God particle. But they've only been able to do that once. They haven't been able to recreate it. And now they're starting to wonder, well, gee, maybe when we smash these particles together so fast that what comes off is not parts of the individual particle, but maybe something new, in fact. So it's really that... They may not have found the God particle at all. And I've talked about Dr. Paul LaVulette before, who is sort of one of the proponents of this ether theory, and he's ignored by mainstream science, even though he's predicting a lot of this stuff. 
So an application for this rodent coil, what this really is, is the early stage of a electrogravitic propulsion system, basically the, the warp drive the warp from drive. Star Trek. Mm. Interesting. And, and so you're saying looking into this Marco Rodin would uh, perhaps give people more information? It, it would. Um, and I'm also pointing out that uh, Dr. Lavulette, who uh, he also comes up with the idea of the super wave, which is this gamma ray burst that comes out from the center of the universe. And just last week, you can search NASA gamma ray bubble. They have found a photograph of this strange bubble of gamma rays emitting from the center of the universe that they have no idea what it is. Interesting, Sam. This is when I talk about science being this Jenga game that's sort of starting to get to the end where it's real pretty wobbly and about to fall down. These are some of the competing theories that are gaining traction on the internet thanks to you know the the global sort of interconnected nature of life today well it sure does seem like the more people learn uh the more scientists learn about uh things the more confusing it gets especially as we get into quantum uh physics where all the rules are completely different from what everybody thought you know standard physics was right and uh, this and that that's what gets thrown out the window see quantum mechanics is the band-aid what they say is well general relativity applies to all these things until you get over here into this special area their special relativity applies which and it's they're saying that it's not that our theory's wrong which it is and it's not that we're applying a band-aid to it rather than reevaluating the fundamental mechanics at work here which they should mm. they're just saying well it's this special area and this is what we have to apply. Well, people with a and belief system will fight to keep that belief system, and even scientists are subject to that uh, that problem, right? Like, That's right. It's and a very human it's problem. To be turned on its head. Thanks for the call tonight, Sam. Appreciate hearing from you. Of course, uh, getting folks to agree on these things is uh, well about impossible. Yeah, and I mean, there's some things that sort of are in science fiction that seem just utterly impossible to fathom, like warp the, drives. Well, warp drives, right? Like faster than light, uh, mm-hmm. you know, speed, uh, FTL speed, um, and the you know the idea of tra- uh, what teleportation, time travel. These things to me just don't seem possible. And it's really the understanding. People used to think that flying was impossible, Mark. Indeed. It's our understanding of the universe today that limits the, our, their understanding. I mean, I, I yeah. guess with the, with our understanding, it is truly impossible. But I'm looking forward to the day when I can be teleported uh, to, like, New Zealand me for too. a vacation. Be I'm looking for, forward to the day that you could be teleported anywhere. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Take control. 
control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, and they include our listening options. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned into our broadband, midband, or narrowband versions of the show. They are available to you 24-7, so anytime you want, you can listen into Free Talk Live over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, get the list of over 100 radio stations that air the show on AM and FM across the country. And in addition to that, our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, available all seven nights a week on XM. Plus, we're on KU Band on free-to-air, and uh, that's available all across North America. In addition, you can find us on our webcam at cam.freetalklive.com and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn about all of those listening choices. One of the realities of a world that's full of fiat currencies, and those are currencies created by governments and they just hand down the dictate and said, this is money, is the state will use will inflate the currency base in order to fund its wars. It's mathematically impossible for anyone to inflate bitcoins. Uh, bitcoins are an online peer-to-peer open source currency where you know they have a certain amount of inflation that's built in until they get to a, a peak at some point. But uh, you, you can't do that. They just do it themselves. It's the program. If the world used bitcoins, governments would have to think long and hard about which wars they fought and who they were going to blow up. Antiwar.com is having its fun drive, and they're taking bitcoins. Go to antiwar.freetalklive.com and donate to this worthy organization. They're the only ones that are reporting news that isn't slanted towards war. It's antiwar.freetalklive.com. Donate in bitcoin. That's what I did at uh, antiwar.freetalklive.com. But you can also donate in regular cash, too, um, at their website. It's antiwar.freetalklive.com. Two phones and you and your thoughts. Chris listening in Denver via the TuneIn app. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on so, your mind? Would you agree with Would you agree with the following statement that libertarians are Republicans who want to smoke dope and get laid? No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't agree with that either. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's I, look. I, I know you guys talk about libertarianism a lot of the show, and I just felt like I had to chime in. You know, libertarianism has really only worked in a couple of places I can think of, and that's Haiti and Somalia. And you know, good. What luck are you talking about? Countries. Those people well, are not. Haiti, Haiti is not no a libertarian state. They're not libertarian states, but functionally, their governments are so limited to the point where affected like a natural disaster, like what happened in Haiti. There was no FEMA. There's you know no government. There's no infrastructure in Somalia. I mean, there's virtually you know very low taxation. There's no government out there. I just don't. It's indeed know it's true. Where libertarianism so, has actually not true. Time. So it's what he's saying is true. There's very little government there, but because, um, but let's be clear that there have been dictators in Haiti, and then every time it's it's difficult to build wealth when you don't have a stable foundation. Okay, and some and, and up to this point, stable foundations have come to come from different forms of government. Um, you know. In different types. What we're suggesting is, of course, a stable foundation. Now, every time Somalia tries to put some kind of, you know, people in Somalia try to put some kind of government in place, the UN or the United States go in and kick it out from underneath. I mean, they were just, the, the United States was Actually, just. Actually, the UN that's trying to force government on the people of Somalia, they, as they, I understand. They have, it. look, they've got a clan system there that, that they, they want to use as a governmental mm-hmm. system. And, of course, they've got violent people calling themselves, you know, warlords or whatever, and they're, they're, you know, wanting to force people to do things. So they've got government. Government is 
you know, people using violence to get what they want. And that's not libertarian. That's that's what they've got there. Um, well, I guess. Yeah. Well, my biggest my biggest thing is like, you know, ever since Reagan, ever since we had the across the board tax cuts, I mean, you've seen, you know, the middle class basically either level out or, you know, by some standards, you know, actually drop where the oligarchy has gone up like 276%, and this is because of, you know, the repeal of Glass-Steagall, Futures Modernizations Act, and things like that. These are, you know, libertarian deregulation of the banks that blew up the economy in 2008. I mean, if we keep going down this libertarian road of deregulation with the banksters' rule, are we going to be, like, completely ruled by a set of oligarchy? Because obviously the the trickle-down notion is not trickling down, so they're getting, you know, massively bigger while the middle class is shrinking. How can libertarian policy... I mean, control that without some sort of restructuring of our tax. Well, that's like calling the, um, you know, that's like calling all the democratic policies that have failed democratic. Um, Let's be 100 percent clear that, yes, Republicans have co-opted certain libertarian ideas and they'll pick and choose their friends to give freedom to while they don't give freedom to other people. And, yes, you're going to see prosperity in the areas where people are given more freedom and less prosperity in other places. This is absolutely true. One hundred. Hundred percent that if you do it halfway, then you're going to get bad results, and that's what's uh, happened. Is is you know, yeah, the Republicans have used crony capitalism in order to make their friends quite wealthy. Ronald Reagan wasn't a libertarian. He increased the size of government by something like seventy percent during his terms. You're right, and he tripled the national debt via tax cuts, and that's why I understand why. You know, we see this looming national debt. People well, are please stop, equiv- st- stop making uh, libertarianism seem anything like it has anything to do with Republican and Republican policies. I mean, they're just not even – we haven't had anybody in, you know, calling themselves a libertarian ever get elected uh, in this country. And to suggest that some sort of bill or legislation that is written by politicians who are Republicans and Democrats is libertarian is ridiculous. Well, I, I, I can see – the far-right faction of this country, you see a lot of Tea parties coming out, and a lot of, you know, there's sort of this war right now in, in the Republican Party, like Marco Rubio, and, you know, the far-right Tea Partiers compared to more like John Boehner, like the uh, the establishment Republicans. I don't even and, know who those people are. I've heard Boehner's name, but they're the all just a bunch of politicians. Of What's your point? Well, my point is, I just, I, I just don't know that libertarianism really would be, you know, a great thing. Look at look at derivatives. What is That's a bad thing about allowing your neighbor to live their lives how they want to? Even if that means a bankster that creates 17 quadrillion dollars in What good is their well, bank? You can't create Hold on, you can't create uh, look all the problems with derivatives and all those things come from fiat currency. In the absence of a state that's creating uh, a, a currency saying that this is money and you will take it as money, um, then there would be actual value changing hands whether that value is cryptographic in the case of bitcoins or met- metallic in the case of gold and silver or whatever way that people wanted to have real money. One of the you're right, one of the foundational ways that the government screws the little guy is by eliminating currency of value. This is what the Democrat Andrew Jackson said and spent his political career attempting to turn around is he wanted to return value to the currency. But, you know, then when Woodrow Wilson, the other Democrat, gets in there and it undermines the whole thing, then then comes in the Federal Reserve and you can once you can uh, pencil whip the the numbers, then you get whatever you want. Right under a system uh, which is a, the lack of a system in you know in a free market environment, 
uh, you can create all the money you want to out of thin air, but no one's forced to take it. So I'm going to use money that has value. I don't know about you if given the choice. I think most people would want money that has value if given the choice. But the current situation we have is, the, like you said, the banksters forcing their money down people's throats through legal tender laws. Uh, that needs to change, and it needs to end, and we need to have the market uh, providing currency to where we get to choose what is the best currency for us. That would result hey, in... Yeah. Oh, and your solution would be like a like a gold standard, perhaps. No, nope. sort of... no, I don't want any standard that is imposed by some sort of government. I yeah, want the market the, to decide. You've got to break the theory that somebody's going to tell you what to do. You're going to be free, and that's going to be scary. But that's the paradigm that we're trying to break here. I just think that, like, say for example, like you know, you want to be free, let your neighbor be free. Can't we collectively come together and say that if my house burns down, that I want fire insurance, that if I cause a 15-car pileup on I-25, that I want, you know, like, what if what if a robber was robbing my house, and I called up, you know, the, the black water to come out, and I'd get a $20,000 bill? I can't. I'm not going to be able to afford that. How could I afford that? Well, it would be competition in the marketplace. I would assume that uh, there'd be some security company that would uh, undercut black Blackwater for that's $25,000 price tag you're talking about. Spend $300 and get yourself a gun. Or how about you just uh, sign up for fire insurance, as you gave in your first example, and then if your house caught on fire, it would be covered by your insurance policy. He dropped off the line. Thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE. Love a good, challenging question, by all means. I think Uh, it's great questions. Yep, 855-450-FREE, and you can call in about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, toll-free number, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts. With you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And don't forget, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Hey, maybe you would like a free bumper sticker. Well, you do have to follow some instructions, but they're pretty simple. You go to promote.freetalklive.com and the instructions are right there on the page promote.freetalklive.com basically you send us a self-addressed stamped envelope and for those that don't know what that means you know maybe you didn't grow up in the uh, <laughs> in the decades in which we did uh, i don't know how often people talk about self-addressed stamped envelopes it means you send us an envelope with the stamp already put on it inside the envelope that you send to us so it's pre-addressed to you the return envelope does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So the instructions are there, and it's explained better at promote.freetalklive.com. Mark, there were a few uh, additional thoughts you wanted to share with Chris before we continue. Yeah, I just, um, you know, Chris seemed, Chris had a lot of really great concerns, well thought out concerns about the ideas of liberty. And I, um, you know, I don't want to make it seem like we're dismissing these things um, at all. Uh, you know, one of the concerns was sort of big banks and, uh, you know, derivatives and uh, these toxic assets and that, that kind of thing. And the elimination of the Glass-Steagall Act, which frankly had nothing to do with, the, with the, you know, the, the housing bubble. But you can read up on that if that's what you want to do. Um, but the, you know, what it comes down to is, is, look, the government picks winners and losers when it comes to businesses. And that includes banks. Every bank out there is a franchise of the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve Bank has rules by which you have to operate your bank by and if you don't then 
you don't get to be a bank. You can't be a bank, you know, would have been, we've read stories about warehouse banks with gold and silver being raided and things like that. This is, you know, these things don't work. The big banks get the bailouts. The little banks don't. Banks are closing all over the United States. Where are the bailouts for the little little guys? The government picks the winners and losers, and, and consequently the losers. And when you give subsidies to these big banks, of course they're going to be able to stay afloat and the little guys can't. You can't, you can't compete in a marketplace where you're where your competition is getting free money. Mm. So, yeah, the government makes big businesses. Big businesses aren't made by the marketplace. Big businesses are made by government. It's called fascism. Let's go to Tyler. He's listening in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tyler. Hello, everyone. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, first off, I just want to give some feedback, and I want to talk about public schooling, but the show is great the way it is. You know, whatever you guys talk about is, is always awesome, you know. If I wanted to listen to boring politics all day, I'd watch C-SPAN or something. So just keep keep it awesome like that. We'll do our best. But, Appreciate nice. it. If only we had more downloads. Uh, Mark's always complaining because apparently our downloads have been going down over the last year, which is very strange and it doesn't make much sense. But they uh, may be so. they may be listening other places. Like so if you think it's awesome, uh, share it with your friends. That's one of the most important things uh, that uh, that you can do. Anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, I just want to uh, real quick start because I know the show's about to end. But public schools, I just, I think with elementary, it's even worse just because the kids aren't trusted, like, by the teacher on certain things. Like, I go back to my third grade year, I mean, geez, that was when 9-11 happened. And prior to that, I had two or three mild asthma attacks, nothing big. But that day, I knew it was going on. Like, we were watching on the TV, I knew it was going on. And I was having, uh, you know, panic and asthma attack at the same time and one of my friends was like oh he's kidding and the teacher just dismissed it like that luckily i had a friend a very close it was pretty much a cousin but he had an inhaler you know that's fine but then the second plane hit and i'm like look like in my head i'm like i don't want to see this like as a kid that just wanted to go home and play his pokemon games i don't want to see lives being lost sure you know what i mean and the teacher just didn't believe me i'm like i am going to get sick like this is this how bad it's making me feel i'm going to get sick and so she had someone, had another student go with me or whatever to prove that I was going to get sick. I didn't get sick, but I felt like crap. I mean, I just mm-hmm. watched a whole bunch of people die, and I understood that. And, yeah, I came back, and he's like, oh, he didn't throw up. He's just faking. And the teacher is, like, scolding me for this, yelling at me, telling I'm, you know, telling me this and that. I don't remember exactly what she wow. said, but pretty much, you know, downgrading me because I don't want to watch all these yeah how, d- how dare you not want to watch uh, human tragedy at age what third grade was that uh eight yeah i mean that doesn't seem I, I that doesn't really seem to be an appropriate thing to be uh you know putting on the television uh, with a very young class of elementary schoolers we were I, I was talking with some friends about this earlier today during the challenger explosion um the, the space shuttle challenger mm-hmm. was 85 i think i was in fifth grade or it was the beginning of 86 maybe and it was yeah, the it same was deal, it, it very much uh, TVs in the classrooms, and we saw seven people die on yeah. live national television, you know, and I'm nine yeah. years old. I feel like old. that's appropriate. Um, I, well, that was a live um, that broadcast. That was a live, live broadcast yeah, they as well. they must have played it over and over and over again, like she they did with all that. I, well, that is, that is true. I do yeah. remember very much like 9-11. It was, it was a, a loop of the... In the, class? The, in, um, the, the, the station that we were watching did, okay. yes. Um, 
However, yeah, I get what the, you're saying. The teacher, the teacher certainly didn't know how to handle a situation like that. And I would have thought that having a situation like that would kind of lend itself to teachers being more prepared. But 9-11 would have had to have been a repeat. So this one's, one is a, let's, hey, kids, let's watch the space shuttle go up. Right. That was and a the big other deal. one is, um, hey, kids, let's watch 3,000 people die over and over again. Right. I mean, those are two different things. Yeah, I mean, and it was it ruined my plane experience. I'll say that. Like, it, it ruined I, your plane, plane experience. Is that what you said? Like, I I haven't been on a plane yet, but I mean, I'm mm. not. It ruined it for me as being younger. Like, I just thought planes were going to fall out of the sky and everything. Oh, but I bet it was traumatizing that day. Just seeing people jumping out of the buildings and everything. Like, I really don't want to watch this, and you're going to force me to because why? Because the principal said so. Yeah. Turn on the TV and have all the kids watch it. It was just I don't get it. Ridiculous. I had more, but the show's almost over. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. I do appreciate hearing from you. And uh, Tyler, thanks for the call tonight. I, I agree. That's uh, you know that seems inappropriate. I mean, I understand that it's important to treat you know treat young people like you know the the, the young adults that they are and treat them with respect. Well, and, yeah, but and all that you don't but, force adults to sit and watch that over and over right, again either. Right, especially people that don't want to see it. Uh, there will be plenty of time. We live in an internet age. There's plenty of time for folks to watch those clips online. Don't worry, they they'll get be home. traumatized. You don't have to, uh, to shove it down their throats. Over and over again. I mean, it would have been, I think it would have been as inappropriate for, you know, you know how George Bush gets a lot of uh, flack for being in the Sarasota, Florida, uh, I think, elementary school class reading to the kids. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Finishing the book probably was the right thing to do in that case, rather than flip on the TV set and watch everybody, you know, burning and right. jumping from a building. Right. I I, I agree with you there because I remember the outrage when they said he just finished the book. I was like, well, what are you supposed to do, really? Yeah, I think he. Yeah, I, I never really understood that either. Um, you know, I, yeah. The I, outrage, you mean? The, the outrage over that. It just seems like there's and a I'm lot no of things in Bush politics. Either. I mean, if I were going to jump no, on I'm a bandwagon, it, I, it would certainly be this one. But I mean, really, honestly, what is he supposed to do? Yeah. Well, what I, can the pre- what can the president, this guy that knows absolutely nothing about, you know, defensive airstrikes or whatever it is that, you know, could have been done in a situation like that? What is he going to add to that situation? What could he possibly bring to the table that uh, whatever military commanders or whomever would have been in charge of scrambling jets wouldn't have been able to do on their own? And, uh, the, you know, in politics, they just look for opportunities to go after the other people and i just find that yeah. i find it disingenuous and disgusting i don't care whether he sat there and finished the book or not to the kids i would think finishing the book makes a certain amount of sense but him hopping in the car wouldn't have made a difference um and i didn't i don't care you know what intern did what to bill clinton in the oval office i don't care about that i do care that he fired a tomahawk missile into an aspirin factory mm. um in response uh, yeah. you know, i care about that Thank, thanks, Republicans, for blowing that all out of proportion. All those good, all those dead folks in in Iraq, because you know this guy reacts to it. So eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can, of course, bring up anything that you want. No, you can't. It's over. Other news <laughs> in general, you can. In other news, record high support for marijuana in the United States, according to the Marijuana Policy Project and a national poll conducted by Public Policy Polling. From November 30th to December 2nd, a record high 58% of American voters say they think marijuana should be made legal, compared to only 39% who do not. In addition, 50% of residents, or excuse me, respondents, said they think that marijuana will become legal under federal law within the next 10 years. Yeah, they get a lag behind a little bit. They uh, they represent all the little backward states, too. 
Uh, so this is good news. More people actually coming out in favor of full-on legalization. This is It used to be that you could only get like 58% to say yes to medical pot. Mm-hmm. Now you've got 58% saying yes to full legalization. Yeah, they've been given, they've been heartened by uh, the, the successes in Washington and Colorado. Right, and I know that there's going to be some sort of uh, stringent uh, enforcement that Nemi was going to tell us about, but we don't have enough time to get to that tonight. Maybe we'll do that next week on that uh, topic. But, of course, you can bring us uh, whatever you want tomorrow. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, where you actually can submit show prep suggestions to the program. We used a couple of them on the air tonight, I believe. So, once again, go to freetalklive.com. See you tomorrow night. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.